Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? gibberish or do you really know what you're talking about well welcome back everyone sorry for the delay this has been quite a while since we were uh, talking exelons isn't it yes it, it feels like forever i'm sorry not sorry because I, I had a lovely holiday out of it eric you got to do some modeling yeah um, but yeah we're back back with a vengeance yes yes and 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 very uh, very eager to do this one um, yes. This is my choice, and um, yeah, I, I, I've done it deliberately because of our adversary. Um, yeah, the crinoids, great, and uh, the big one, even better. But uh, yeah, what can you say about Harrison Chase, you know? I know, yeah. Um, Camp Freddy, isn't it, in his green cathedral? Camp, Camp Freddy, I mean, he, he's going to be going into a caravan camp yes. at the end of this. Yeah. Where in the camp is old Mr. Chase going to go? It's um, watching it, because it... it I watched it before I went away, so so it feels a long time ago. But while I was watching it, I was thinking, we don't get villains like this anymore. No. Such a shame. And not only villains, but wonderful henchmen. Really good henchmen. Yeah, I thought... Um, I, I, sorry, but you only got back into the country yesterday. Yeah. But I thought we'll at the end we'll vote on Chase, we'll vote on Scorby, we'll yeah. vote on the humanoid crinoid, we'll yep. vote on the big crinoid. All right. Okay. Yep, that sounds good. Yeah, because that's only fair, isn't it? I think that. Yeah, they're all they're all um, deserving of the the term adversary. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go back to the 31st of January, 1976. That's And I remember this is one so I remember one clearly from when it was first shown. I uh, remember it because yeah. I was 13. I mean, I think yeah. that's the perfect age for uh, yes. for this story to appreciate yep. and get into it and be do thrilled you, by it. Do you think this is what um, caused our thing, love? Oh, that's a good point. Cause because we would have seen yeah, this before this we before, would have seen yeah, the thing. Yeah, and I certainly would have seen this before I saw the nineteen fifty-one thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it. And this is, in, even though we wouldn't have known at the time, this is incredibly thing-like. Mm. The, at least the first two episodes, um, in themes as well as the look of it. So yeah, I, I was while watching it, I thought, are we just attracted to this style of, you know. Uh, a creature in the Arctic, cut-off base type stories, or subconsciously, did this prepare us? It might have done. Mm. It might well have done, because the similarities certainly are there, aren't they? Very much so, yeah, very much so. You um, don't get a figure in a block of ice, but you do get a uh, a pod in a quarry yep. in Surrey, which is meant to stand in for the Antarctic, yeah. isn't it? And I, we also get, I know it's in the original... Uh, who goes there novella but we also get mention of a blood test don't we they don't actually carry it out but they talk about a blood test to determine what's going on and yeah so I, I I'll say this now that the snow in this doesn't quite 
matchup to John Carpenter's. They didn't quite, like you said, go to uh, go to location, did they? No, they closer. didn't fly up, yeah. a, a, up up into Canada, build no. build build the set, and then wait for the winter, yeah. did they? No, or they go went, out they, onto a salt flat. They phoned up Curry's and said, "You got any of your t- uh, polystyrene packaging?" And they just crumbled that up over the quarry. I bet it was a pain to clear that up. Well, yeah, I mean, you see it sprayed all around yeah. the place, don't yeah. you? Um, when you can see past the superimposed snow. I um, I don't think they'd probably get away with it now. They would have to use some form of um, environmentally friendly. Yeah, some biodegradable yeah. thing. Because this, yeah. this is definitely just polystyrene. Um, very, very dodgy. Uh, and this is our first shot, unfortunately, is, like you say, this superimposed snow over... Or is patently a, a British quarry, um, and people sweating in parkas, pretending that it's cold. <laughs> yeah, it, it it it's not a promising opening, but it 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 works and it it suggests where you are. The hymn of the plants. I composed it myself. People say that you should talk to plants. I believe that. Just as I believe they also like music. I said the music's terrible. Shut up. Play you my requiem, my Floriano requiem, dedicated. Again, very thing like they find they find something buried under the, the well, not the ice, <laughs> buried lightly under the polystyrene, under two inches of polystyrene. Yeah, and um, because it's the BBC, it's yes. a pod. It's a pod, yes. Yeah, you can't can't afford to show the aliens straight away. And I, I quite like this that they yeah it, that it's a pod, so we don't quite know what's going on. Um, I do like that uh, that the uh, we 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 meet our. Well, we we think they're going to be main characters. They're not really the guys at the ice station, and it's just comb over city. It's comb over city, and it's painfully stuck on beards. Stuck you on can beards. So yes. see that on DVD. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the beards are terrible. Um, I mean, I'm not. Was it? Would it be that difficult to find an actor with a beard? I mean, Brian Blessed might have been available. I do the like these guys, though. Oh, they they're don't... really good. Yeah, really good actors. Um, and they're, they're the sort of people you re- you'll recognise them. You've seen them in other stuff, but they're not star names. They're not not sort of A-listers. Um, but they they work really well. Um, and I, I I do like that they say uh, that even though it was patently under a sprinkling of polystyrene, they say that it was in the ninth layer 
20,000 years old. Yes, there's another yeah. uh, nod to the thing. I also yeah. think, you know, with these the, the, these uh, guys who look like they enjoy a game of rugby, they're quite yeah. be- bearded and stocky. That's more like the book description of MacReady, isn't it? Yes. You know, this yeah. stocky bearded guy. Than, yeah, uh, well, Mac- MacReady is basically, in the book, is described as like this this square fridge of muscle and, yeah, beard. Big yeah. red beard. Yeah, these are. Ve- I think these are very much. I mean, I, I imagine, um, that that this was based on, the novella, of the thing, and possibly, thing from another world film, although not not as much. We do get a lovely "It's Alive" moment. I always yes. like them. Um, That's John who feels it's John, alive, yes. isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it's so creepy, even though just watching like we're in we're like one scene in it's so creepy already mm. you know but so so wonderfully not scary yet but yeah it's very unnerving that yeah they found this because these and a the good thing about these guys as well is they're just normal blokes yeah you know what i mean there's no there's no attempt at making them quirky or comedy or that they've got skits they're just normal blokes so it's and it's all the more tragic than you know when they go yes um, yeah but they they decide to call in the world ecology bureau which is again very very um avenger style thing well you say yeah. you know um you know the the 50s film must be watched and the yeah. novella um this was written by robert banks stewart yes okay mr Who, itc wasn't he yeah well he worked on the avengers yeah right in the 60s and there is one a story, and I haven't watched it for years and years. I know it's on in my. Um, oh, is that box the something set. the plant Ma- of Surrey the, or something? the man eater of Surrey Green? Oh God, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because that did he write that? No, but he, oh. no, that was written by Philip Levine. But yeah. he was working on that story, and that is a story ah. where you have got a vegetable creature yep. from space. It starts small, it grows to human size. Eventually, it's killed by herbicide, and you've got an old bat botanist in oh, it as well. Right. I wonder so, if that's why she's in there because she she stands out in this as what what's going on? Why is she in this story? Um, I wonder if it was a tribute. It might have been, and yeah. I know Douglas Canfield didn't like her. He wanted to cut all no. the scenes out. Yeah, it it. I'm not saying she's bad or anything, but it does. You you're jarred when she's like oh, she wandered in from a different story. What's going on? Well, I think she thinks yeah. she has. She has. She thinks she has. Um, I'm sure I've. Um, I'm sure I've read a, an interview with Robert Banks Stewart as well, where he said the director didn't like that this was so that it was so Avenger style of of characterization for Tom and and Liz. But I'm sure he said that's what he knew, so that's what he wrote, mm. sort of thing. Um, which it because it is a it's a very very different characterization for the Doctor and Sarah. And I'm I'm not saying it would have worked every week, but it's it, it's really interesting this version. Yeah, it's also a snapshot in in what Douglas Canfield was up to because yeah. he had just done a, a stint of directing the Sweeney the year oh, before. Right. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, so he was definitely yeah. in the spirit of that, and you can definitely see it in the action scenes. And yeah. Scorby, Scorby definitely could be he, a, a, yeah. a Sweeney villain. But well, he, he could have just wandered off set into the Sweeney, and and maybe he did. Yeah, um, <laughs> he and um, you know, he had he, he had decided that um, 
Doctor Who wasn't for children and it should grow up a bit. So yeah. you've got all these factors. Thank, thank Christ he did, because it. It, this is yeah, it, this is a classic period of Who, and this is a classic story. Um, I love it when Tom comes in because this is my favourite Tom outfit from this story, mm-hmm. um, and Tom's portrayal in this. He's at the height, absolute height of his being the Doctor. Uh, and he just dominates, doesn't he? He's Straight loving in. it. He's yeah. very cheerful. Oh, well, First time yeah. you see him there with Dunbar, and yep. he's looking at yeah. the file on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's he's firing all on all cylinders, isn't he? He really is. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's really doing well, and I love it. His his because he's almost he's almost back to a, a Pertwee-ish sort of relationship with this government official in that he needs his help but he has no respect for him whatsoever. No, um, no. It's wonderful. I love it when he's gone and he goes, um, no touch pod. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Um, there are some factors in this um, um, that make me think, is this in my top 10? And, and one yeah. of the things that makes me think, no, it's not, is I miss the brigadier. This could have been the brigadier the, in this scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, the one failing of this, other than the polystyrene snow, is the fact that Nick Corney wasn't available and we get uh, a very, very lightweight substitute. Yeah, later because, on, but now yeah. we've got Dunbar at the moment, haven't we? Yes, because you're right. In 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 classic unit, the Doctor would be talking to the Brigadier. You wouldn't see Dunbar. No. Um, you would have would a scene with Dunbar learning yeah. about it and going yeah. off to see our main adversary, but he yes. wouldn't be here talking to the Doctor, would he? No, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, I like Dunbar. But it's it's just unfortunately painfully obvious from the beginning that he's going to be a traitor, isn't it? It's not. It's not a from the get go uh, because Dunbar goes to yeah. see him, and from yeah. the very first moment you see old Harrison there, oh, the oh, I yeah. don't think I've had the pleasure. I mean, he yeah, this this guy is camp, isn't he? Yeah. But he's oh, not yeah. knowingly winking at the camera, and no, that's no. what I think is so yeah. brilliant about him. Yeah, he is he is as camp as a a, a Boy Scout jamboree. Um, but yeah, he's he's not acting camp. The character is camp, but he is not acting camp. He is deadly serious, and and it's such a great performance um, that this guy is so menacing, but also so enjoyable. And you can see you can see why this person might have risen to the top of their sort of profession and their, the, what they're doing because he's he's very personable, but yeah. then turns on a sixpence if you. If you're, if you're no use to him, he just cuts you dead. It's brilliant. It's such a good performance. I, I, um, I love him. Can I just say I love Harrison yeah, I Chase? Do. I agree. <laughs> I love his 1970s suit. That, there's nothing more 1970s than that suit and him wearing gloves yeah. in that suit. Did you notice yeah. that throughout the whole of the story, he wears the same suit? It's just his tie that changes. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I love it because... He's not really interested at first, is he? He, he, th- he thinks Dunbar's there to discuss bonsai. Yeah, uh, I, love, was, I love his rant yeah. about yeah, it's <laughs> the mutilation of plants. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's world building, isn't it? It shows, in a few lines, it shows what this guy's about and that there's more going on than just... He's not... With a lot of villains, you never get the feeling they live outside the scene. But I, I can imagine Chase... Every scene, when you're watching other scenes, you're thinking... I wonder what Chase is up to. Yeah, and what is he up yeah. to in yeah, his what Green is he Cathedral? Up to? 
Yeah, worshipping in his green cathedral. I bet yeah. he does. Um, it's interesting. Why is he so shaken by seeing the photo of the crinoid pod? I don't because he reacts not like it's like oh my god I gotta have this. He reacts almost frightened by it. He's shaken and it's like oh, it's strange strange reaction. Um, maybe maybe it's the thought. I mean, he says to Dunbar, yeah. you know, that his mission is to protect all plant life. Yes, and he's got his head round that. But maybe then finding out, oh bloody hell! Now we're getting plants, you know, yeah. from, from other planets. Space. I've got to look after them as well. Yeah, could be, could be. I love it that he um, he calls in his, his two best men, Scorby and Keeler, um, and they're great. And they it's. Um, it's Boise. That's um, why I can't get my yeah. head round. That's the problem with Scorby. I love him. I love yeah. Scorby. Um, but it's Boise. Yeah. Well, as soon as he come on, and goes, Marlene. <laughs> and yeah, you, I mean, you can't blame the character or the performance in this for the fact that he so was so typecast afterwards. Um, I, I, I love Scorby as character. He's really good because, again, very three-dimensional. And Keeler's good as well. You know, Keeler's sort of fallen into this. He doesn't yeah, want to do any of it. I like Keeler. Apparently, yeah. the actor he uh, shortly after this he drifted into the soft porn industry. Oh, right. I don't know in what, which role. Yeah, mm. I, I can imagine him as as the voyeur yeah. in a porn situation. You know, not he yeah, doesn't not... strike me as much of a stud. No, no. Um, although he uh, he does get. Very big in certain areas in this. He, he does, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. While all that's going on, the Doctor and Sarah have arrived at the base, and yeah, that's a definite thing. Nod when they go inside, yeah. the uh, the corridors are so Howard Hawks thing, aren't they? They are, yeah. And and again, on such a limited budget and and um, very late in the day, the sets for this Arctic base generally look great. I'm not so sold on the uh, the shed that's this heating and electrical compound yeah. that they get to. But yeah, the corridors and the lighting is great as well because it's very subdued, dim lighting. Um, very, very the thing again. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I do, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we haven't mentioned that Winlet has, yeah, has, Winlet. has I, been got, hasn't he's he? He's been got. And this is, this is the only thing with this scene that I always... And these sort of style of scenes always do this to me, is when an actor has to position himself mm. unrealistically for something else to happen. There's a couple of scenes in Dad's Army that do it, where there's one scene where Fraser has to show his tattoo off for a joke to work, and he has to position his arm in such a way it's like it's it's drawing attention to it. And and Winlet here, he he thumps his arm down next to that pod after rolling his sleeve up for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like okay. Yeah, this is going to happen, and uh, yeah, he um, he gets infected. So just a touch, and it's very again very thing like. Yeah. Um, just a touch, and he's infected, uh, and starts sort of turning. Um, it, it's it's a good scene, very scary. Hmm. I but when the doctor finds him and and sees him lying there, um, I don't yeah. know. I uh, fancy a spinach frittata. Yes. Yeah, he's very very spinachy green. Yes. This was one of the things that um, Mary Whitehouse took exception to, wasn't it? Yeah, this is the start of it all, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Tom is, again, Tom is great in this scene. I love that the Doctor doesn't feel cold. Mm. 
you know, I know it count, counteracts stuff we saw in uh, Hartnell and Troughton's Day, but I love this, that everyone else is, like, freezing, and, and he's just there in his everyday clothes. Uh, great, little touches of alienness, which Tom was great at. Yeah. Um, but he immediately, uh, he immediately sort of takes charge, but doesn't, doesn't he? He's steering these people. Yeah. Uh, and he, he sort of says that arm's got to be amputated. Who's got any medical knowledge and it, it's obviously a doctor's got the most medical knowledge and he's like i can't do everything for you it's yeah it's really good very very good but yeah we get, get mention of a blood test which again yeah. is is so big in the novella and john carpenter's a thing that i think it's got to be a it's got to be a nod to it hasn't it it has to be it has to be the the doctor knows that they go out, don't they? They find a second one because they travel in pairs. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but they travel through space in pairs. Yes, um, it's a crinoid. He knows it's a crinoid. It's a galactic weed yep. from a planet where the plants eat the the animals. And Tom does his. He was great at this. He was great in um, Pyramids of Mars. Well, that he he makes you believe that this is. I like it when he sort of Mr. Stevenson might have just destroyed the planet. It's like, it's great. It really builds the tension up. Yeah. With just a couple of lines. Yeah. Um, what, what's his line that he says? I've, it's on my last page. It's more serious than death. Yeah. He says. <laughs> it's great. It's just brilliant. Um, yeah. We we end up back in. Uh, they they go outside, like you say, because the the doctor knows that these plant pods travel in pairs. And we're back to the same little terrible polystyrene. Don't it's like stop doing close-ups of it. Yeah, it looks terrible. Um, and uh, yeah, they uh, they find another pod. Yeah. Um, just just near where the other one was. So obviously they didn't look very hard the first time. So that's put in the freezer. Yep. Scorby and Keeler arrive. Um, not saying why they're actually there. No. And uh, and yeah, episode one ends with Charles attacking. Is it Mobley? Mobley? Mobley, I think. Mobley, yes. Yeah. Um, that's the second take because the first take, even Douglas Canfield said that's too frightening. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, and again, it's the second it, version. It's the strangulation, wasn't it, that Mary Whitehouse objected to? Yeah. Um, but it's a great episode ending. It really is good. Yeah, Mobley, he he's dead. Um, that's, that's the only thing in this that I suppose differentiates it from uh, the thing is that once once one person's infected, they don't go on to infect anyone else. Mm. Um, perhaps they thought that was a step too far and would have been you know too close to to the thing. But yeah, so so Mobley is dead. There's not any worry that he's been infected and might turn or anything. And in a very thin, thin way, beginning episode two, the the crinoid goes outside, just like the yes. thing goes yeah. outside. Yeah, and we um, we see that it's now a, a painted axon, isn't it? Yes. The suit. There is um, one shot where you can see yeah. a little bit of orange. Yes. Where yeah. they didn't quite cover it all didn't, up. <laughs> didn't quite paint it. It must have been a nightmare to paint all those tendrils. But yeah, he he's off, escaped out. Um, but it leaves us as the main villain, Scorby in the base and he's really vicious for a Doctor Who thug because mm. normally we get either someone like Packer who's a bit of a comedy um, but Scorby there's there's no real comedy to him he's just a vicious thug but he's not stupid no you know, he's, he's a mercenary he says yeah, in, exactly, in episode yeah. 6 he's a mercenary yeah. and he tells Keeler that they're going to kill everyone yep. and take the pod don't they 
yeah, I um, I like when you go talking with the doctor and that. It's great when you say, when Scorby goes, I'm not a patient man. And uh, the doctor goes, uh, well, your uh, candor gives you credit. It's yeah. just brilliant. Such a good uh, performance. He's, get, just, yeah. he's really good, Tom. I like when, when, when Scorby says, start talking. So he starts talking about Mozart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do you want me to talk about? It's just wonderful. I do like that... Um, they pull out uh, a good old uh, action man SLR British rifle. Yeah. You know, it's like, ah, oh, you don't see that very often. Um, we find out Keeler's just a sniveller and he's just a, he's a bit of a, he doesn't want to be part of this. He's he just a lackey, isn't anyone. he? Yeah, he's literally a lackey. Um, but they find out, they, they question the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the base guy. What is that? No, Mobley died. What's, what's the, We've Came got over man. What's his name? Stevenson. Uh, yes, it's Stevenson. Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they question him, and he sort of blabs that there's a uh, what is it? A fuel cell system half a mile away. Yeah. Uh, which is shed. shed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is it so far away? Is I it in case know. there's a problem and it might damage the base if it blows up? Well, it blows up fairly easily, doesn't it? But surely, if if it blows up and damage. Does it matter if it damages the base? Because they're all going to die anyway. Yeah. And and later on, when they do blow it up, you get the old oh, there's a chain reaction. Yeah, and blows back up. Back down. It? Yeah, so it blows up the base anyway. Um, I, I love the bomb. Yeah. Back in those days, you know, if you put a bomb on a wall, of course it's got to loudly click. Yes, hasn't yeah. it? You know. Yeah, mm. and um, so yeah, we get we get a, the, the doctor and and Sarah. Uh, manage to escape the base and they go to the fuel cell and then the crinoid appears. Um, they lock it in the shed with a, <laughs> with a simple shed lock um, and then everything explodes. Yeah. That's the end of episode two. It's quite a shocking ending. Um, and then episode three starts and we get this really weird rescue sled appear. Yeah, where did the, that from come from? That, that well, must have cost something yeah, to rent they, that. But it's so weird because there's a rescue craft. It's useless, isn't it? Because Literally, the Marines are knitting out on the back of it. It's like, what? So, if you, you, you assume there's at least three people, five if you knew the Doctor and Sarah were going there. If they're all injured, what are you going to do with them? Yeah, yeah. Drag them behind. Well, they're not injured, so that's all no. right. Um, and back in the UK, um, Chase is presented with the pod. He, he discounts, he, he, he doesn't care about, you know, the, the, the matter of the other one and the deaths that have happened up there. No. And, uh, and we've got a fabulous moment of Tom at the ministry. Yes. He's loving it. The unique, unique. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. He's Tom in his best ranting mode. And I love it when he's sort of saying, that, you know, everything's going to end. It, everything's in danger. Even your pension. It's just, it's a great performance from Tom. Um when they come out, though, it, I'm presuming that's just BBC Television Centre. It that's is. what it looks like, yeah. It absolutely, 100% is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, and they, they, the, the Doctor and Sarah think that the car has been sent uh, by the government, but it's, um, it's one of Chase's men, um, and he, they, he drives them off. And again, very dark, he drives them off. He's driving them to a quarry, an actual quarry this time, uh, to kill them. Yeah. Which, again, is very, quite dark. Yeah. That is the same quarry that stood in for the Antarctic. It's exactly yes, the same oh, right. quarry. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. It there. It's very muddy, isn't it? Yeah. That poor, the actor playing the, um, the, the chauffeur stroke hitman. I mean, Tom's very violent with him. But he is up. a stuntman. Yeah. He's, oh, he, is he? Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he falls down and that he's absolutely like almost head to toe in mud and he? it's like oh no that suit's ruined yeah and this is yeah. you know um you know uh, this is proper you know action tom yes this is this douglas is camfield tom. coming off the sweeney we're yeah. gonna have some action scenes here yeah because we yeah. don't we don't i mean we we haven't really had that much action scenes like this since pertwee's day and even then they were more hey and yeah. venusian and spinning people this is like t- the doctor you know punches people and you know slams them in cards it's almost vinnie jones yeah. <laughs> levels of violence um but yeah you get get this little sort of little runabout chase scene uh and they eventually uh get back to the car um and they decide to search it. And this is where it becomes, this is the bit where it's like, this is a bit convenient. They find a painting in the booth. Yes. <laughs> a signed painting. Signed painting. I mean, it, the only thing more obvious would have been if they'd have found Chase's luggage with his name and address in. Yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like, oh, it's his, it's his luggage. Um, and it's Amelia Ducat. Or... Ducay, she calls Ducay, it. Yeah. But everyone calls her Ducket. Duck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, this is well before. Uh, Mrs. Bouquet. So, is this where the joke came from? She's a mad old bat. Oh, isn't she? She's, she is. I love the. Um, she was like, "Where did you find my painting uh, in a car?" And it's like, "It was a, a Bentley or whatever." The car is immaterial. <laughs> very good. Um, and she is very, 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 very Avengers. Yes. She's the sort of you would have. Uh, Margaret Rutherford played this part. You would, this would be the the short scene to get a name into the episode. Yeah, um, yeah. But like Tom had with um, the the old woman in um, Stones of Blood, you can yes. see Tom Baker really enjoying acting. He loved, yeah, he loved these. He loves, well, he loved at the time. He probably, I mean, he is one now. But he loved old people, didn't he? he old eccentrics. Always, yeah, old eccentrics. Absolutely. Now he is an old eccentric. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they find out that the the painting was for um, Harrison Chase. So they go to his estate. Is this someone's famous estate? Do we think? Or it belonged at the time to because this is in Dorset. Uh, yeah. The the MP for Bristol West. Oh right. Yes. Bit of a drop down from yeah. um, one of the the who was it that uh, in Pirates of uh, Pirates in. Um, Pyramids of Mars wasn't that like a rock star? Yeah, that was Mick Jagger's. Mick house. Jagger's, yeah. So a bit of a drop. Yeah, from Mick um, Jagger to bef- an MP. Before we move on, you, yeah. Emily Duckett. Yes, you do recognise who she is, didn't you? The actress. Um, you're going to say something. It'll be painfully obvious, but no, it, she didn't. Well, she reminded me of it. She's a mad old bat here. Yeah, she's a mad old bat in Blake Seven. She's that. Fish netted French croupier. Oh god, no, I wouldn't have put that together, but oh That wow. is her. Yeah. Fair enough. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad she's not in fishnets here. Mm. No, I wouldn't have put her together with that. Oh right. That yeah. was that was that a Dougie Camfield. It might have been actually yeah. gotta look back at that. Yeah, yeah. It could be. Um Yeah, they we immediately see that that Harrison Chase is one of those uh mad villains that has his own private army. Yes. And what a bunch of camp unthreatening guards these are. They're rubbish uniforms, oh. they're rubbish haircuts, they're yeah. rubbish, basically. They're just rubbish. I mean, I like later on when Scorby just, he's like, oh, do you know what I mean? It's like, you guys are useless. 
Even with the Uzis, they've got real Uzis. They're yeah. still rubbish, aren't they? Yeah, I love it. Every time they fire the Uzi, the cameras just break again, don't they? Yeah. Even on location, you can't make a noise next to a BBC camera. No, 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 no. Um, so the Doctor and Sarah arrive at the house because they've worked out where uh, this chase bloke lives. And they yep. get shot at with Uzis as they're walking around the uh, thing and uh, stopped by Scorby and go and meet Harrison. And I yes. like that line from the Doctor. Have you met Miss Smith? She's my best friend. Yep. Again, very, very Avengers. Yeah. But I love it. And, and you can tell that Tom presumably loved working with, uh, uh, with um, Camp Freddy. They sparkle off each other. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. I like the way he goes. Have you met, met Miss Miss? She's my best friend. Hand over the pod. He's all cheerful and yes, then goes yeah. serious. Hand over the pod. That's what I love about him. I love the performance. Um, oh, what's his name? Tony? Tony Bentley or something <sighs> yeah. like that. It begins with B. We should do our research better, shouldn't we? But yeah. Tony, yeah. But we'll call him Camp Freddy, let's be yeah. honest. But yeah, <laughs> I love this turning that he does. It's like charm, 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 iron rod menace. Yeah. And, and it's then, so believable. It's great. Yeah, and then when he does Iron Rod Menace, well, yeah. you're going to be killed. Please come this way. And then he gives yeah. them a history lesson about the house yep. as he's yeah. taking them around. I love it. He knows he's taking them to, like, kill them. But it's like, well, no, you know, you've got to be civil, ain't you? Yeah. You've got to be rude to your guests. I love it that he plays them that composition on his organ that he made up. You know, there yeah. are, you know, true iconic moments from Doctor Who, you know, be it Cybermen waking up, or Daleks or something. But, you know... Harrison Chase playing his organ, yeah. the hymn of the plants. Yeah. <laughs> now I shall play you my requiem, he goes. And yeah. then we get the classic line, I yeah. could play all day long in my cream cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> I'm it's on the floor rolling around on the floor. Oh, it's it's, it's hilarious. So good. So good. Um, in the meantime, of course, uh, Kilo has been charged with um, looking at the pod. Um, and I don't know what Chase's original plan was. Um, I, do you think he, he originally envisaged just sacrificing Kilo or one of his men? Yeah, as long as it's part. not him. He, that, yeah, as long as it's not him, he doesn't they? care. Kila, again, very much like um, uh, the first guy, uh, just decides for no apparent reason to roll up his sleeves. Um, ah, but before yeah. that, no, 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 you're, you're getting ahead of yourself because we, we've got the Doctor and Sarah escaping, running around the gardens, Sarah getting captured... Taken back to the house. Oh, that's right, yes. The Doctor, she, she just is, like yeah. when we were doing Castle of Frankenstein on our Hammer show, the Doctor decides to go up, up onto yeah. the roof and look in through a skylight. Considering he doesn't know those skylights are there. Mm. Now, of course, now, now in Modern Who, if this was done in Modern Who, I mean, it wouldn't be. But if they did this, you would have a line from the Doctor where he goes, luckily I met the architect that designed this building when it was being built in 1799 or i designed yeah. it yeah oh what a night that was when we got drunk with the yeah it, you don't need it it's just tom goes up onto the roof for no reason that's um, a great cliffhanger you know really where because yeah. they're gonna sacrifice sarah aren't they they yes. put sarah's arm yeah. by the pod and the pod starts to open as tom watches and that's how yeah, episode Ke- three ends keeler's very much he doesn't want to be a part of this does he um but then when it's like he goes along with it. He's not got that much backbone. Um, but yeah, they're going to they're gonna inflict... And it's quite gruesome when you think about it, because we've just seen this happen to, um, to 
the other guy whose name we just can't Win- seem to Winlet remember. Winlet or something. Winlet. I think it was Winlet. Yeah. yeah, we just saw this happen. So it's it's quite a frightening scene, sort of to end on. <coughs> but but uh, then it yeah. starts. Episode four starts, and it's all action, Tom. Now yeah. through that skylight. Yeah, the well, he, the doctor jumps through the skylight, which is action. He then um, cracks Scorby's neck, <laughs> which is like that's you know that's a that's quite dodgy. Um, and of course, this means that everyone's concentrating on them. So, uh, um, idiot, <laughs> idiot Keeler, who stupidly rolled his sleeves up, uh, gets infected. Yep. And yeah. he 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 changes really really fast. Really doesn't fast. He? I love that. Um, I love that uh, Chase has got basically an Alfred in Hargreaves. Yes. But I love that the actor's name is Seymour Green. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, that's, that's brilliant. Did they, uh, did they hire him because of that? But I liked Hargreaves because he's like, he knows his boss is doing mental stuff. Yeah, but he but pays a wage, British, doesn't he? Yeah, it's that classic British, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> um, uh, so they decide to, to, to put Keeler off into the... Uh, into the little cottage that's on the ground. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> to be honest, although uh, <laughs> although Chase is fascinated by this, he doesn't want him in his house, does he? No. Just in case. Um, and I love that uh, the 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 line that comes up when the doctor jumps through the window. And it's like, what do you do for an encore? I and the doctor win. just says, "I win." Brilliant. <laughs> really good script. This really good dialogue. So Sarah meets Keeler. In the yes. cottage, and that's when Keeler breaks free. He's like third stage yeah, we, now, isn't he? We get, and my only other thing with this, there's a lot of running about the grounds that happens in these middle episodes. And yeah, we get a sequence where the Doctor and Sarah escape, and they're just running around the grounds again, being chased. Um, but we yeah, haven't Sarah, mentioned the composter, have we? That no, rather no, clunky the, composter. Yeah, the Doctor, the Doctor gets captured by Chase. And um, Chase shows him with a compost machine, and it it doesn't look like a compost machine, does it? It's, it's very clean yeah. for a compost machine. It is, and I'm not sure how it does what it does because because you know these sort of machines do exist in scrapyards and that, mm. and you know you can go on uh, YouTube or uh, uh, one of your social media things. And um, and watch people feeding stuff in all day to these machines. So they do, but but these it doesn't even look like those two rollers meet. No, <laughs> in the middle. No, it's not convincing, really, is it? And what before this before all this happened? What was uh, what was Chase using this for? To actually just make compost? Yeah, I guess. Because how much would you have to feed into that to make uh, it worthwhile? Yeah. Very strange. Do you, do you think he? Um, he ordered it mail order, and when it turned up, he went, oh, it looked smaller in the magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he thought it was centimetres and it was inches yeah, or, or yeah. the other way around, yeah. Um, so, yeah, episode four ends with Dunbar getting it by the big crinoid. This is the first time we see, you know, Keeler has now turned into uh, this, Yes, basically. A, it, it was a tent, wasn't it? it, it yeah, it, it's not, it, not the most convincing of... Uh, no. And apparently, it, 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 it was wider than it was thick, so you could only film yeah. it from one angle. If you turned oh, round, right. you would see it was a very narrow, thin <laughs> tent with two guys inside it yeah. operating it. And it's it's another one of those uh, big lumbering monsters that requires to be eaten. You have to fall over. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so so Dunbar, he's gone. He gets he gets eaten. Um, and they hide um, they hide in the cottage. And I hate yeah. this thing. They, they you do it all the time. You've got a big monster outside. So what do you do? You stand by the window and you wait for the tentacle to come crashing through. Yes. Yeah. It and that tentacle is not the greatest. No. It um, comes in and goes back out. Basically, that's all it yeah. does. And this is this is sort of the start of Scorby's arc, isn't it? Where he he comes to a truce with the Doctor and Sarah. Mm. Um, I think he's quite willing to 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 still kill them if needed, and he's he's definitely willing to sacrifice those two idiot guards that are with him. And they but are idiots. They are utter idiots. Um, but I love this that he's like he realizes the Doctor's probably the only one that can get him out of this situation. Um, yeah, the, the the tentacle comes in, and we find out that um, Liz Sladen can't use an axe. <laughs> she, you're holding it the wrong way around, yeah. Liz. Yeah. Do you reckon that she was told that? It's like, don't damage the tentacle. Yeah, this is yeah. one. Yeah, we've only got one. Yeah, and um, then we get we get a, what I think is one of the major missteps is the crinoid speaks. Yes. Yeah. It didn't need to speak. It'd be much better just to have it silent. It knows, it knows yeah. one of them in there is the doctor, and it says, yeah. give, up, give him up, and you'll be spared, and you've got until daybreak. Yeah, it turns uh, what up to now has been an absolutely brilliant, scary monster into just another Doctor Who alien. Yeah. If it yeah. can converse like this, it's like, uh, I much prefer the animalistic, you, ain't got, you can't reason with something like that, but something that speaks... Yeah, you can reason with it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I like this confrontation between the Doctor and Scorby where old Tom's shouting, that oh, is how you great, do it, yeah. Sylvester. Yes. Oh, can you imagine Sylvester doing it? Rolling his R's. Oh, it'd be rubbish. You've got to, you've got to be scared of the crinoid. Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> we're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. Um, no, it's a great scene. Um, Tom in shouty mode is wonderful. Um He's really you can when they get good guest stars, he ups his game amazingly, doesn't he, to match. Yeah. Um and this is great. We then find out that the Briggs in Geneva um yes. <laughs> <laughs> doing another acting job. Um and we meet Major Beresford. Yeah. Um who and I this is probably not said lightly, has the worst teeth I've ever seen on television that wasn't Steptoe. <laughs> his teeth are mad. Yeah. Like, no wonder we had a reputation for having pad teeth in the seventies. Yeah, wow. We've got another nod to the Howard Hawks version. Um, in that film, we we have the line about um, intellectual carrot, and here yeah. we've got aggressive rhubarb and homicidal gooseberries. Yeah, mm. not quite as uh, as compelling, is it? As, no. And no. we're getting reports of gardeners being killed yes. in their gardens within a mile of Chase's estate. Yeah, because they, they're not taking it very seriously, are they? And then, like, say, it's, you know, something like 50 people have been killed uh, around the place, and it's just a sign of the times. And again, just to throw away sort of a couple of lines, but it does build up the tension. Yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned that Chase has been out during all this, snapping away. Yeah, Chase has, has, has cracked, hasn't he? Any semblance he had to, to uh, sort of real life has gone. He's now totally in sway of the crinoid. Um, 
so yeah, he's he's gone out to get photos of it. That's the, again, that's such a wonderfully camp thing, anyway. He's just going through the woods with his camera. <laughs> yes, and when he reappears, <laughs> it's the way yeah. he goes. I've taken some fascinating photographs. Yeah. <laughs> you know? he's great. Oh, um, blimey! And then, uh, yeah, Sergeant Henderson. The Doctor returns with Sergeant Henderson, who's Rose Tyler's yeah. dad, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's okay. I, I think he's okay as a character. Yeah. Um, because again, he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really believe that it's much of a threat. Um, we do get a uh, a very a very dodgy line from Scorby, doesn't it? Where he says his men have run away just like a bunch of women. Yeah. Mm. But I can forgive that because that's Scorby saying it, and someone like Scorby yeah, true. would think like that. Yeah. Um, if the doctor said that, then that would yeah. be different. Yeah. Yes, be very different. Uh, the the crinoid is speaking with all the plants. Um, but only only those plants that they've they've put wires on. Yes. <laughs> Everything else just sits there. Um, so they've uh, they they have they've used some experimental DDT. Yeah. Um, but they use it all up uh, to rescue um, Scorby, Sarah. Mm. But poor old Hargreaves. Nah, he's dead. Isn't no, it? he's dead. He's and dead. Chase runs away. Episode, yeah. yeah. Chase runs away. Animal fiends, he calls them. And then as they go outside for some reason, he locks them out as this yeah. crinoid, which is bigger than the building now, yeah, looms now, over the top of them. It's now like King Kong, isn't it? The crinoid. Yeah. Um, in all its CSO glory. Um, yeah, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Unit with a laser gun. Yeah, we get quite a long recap, which is weird. I know this this was an underrunning story anyway, wasn't it? That's why they added two episodes up. Well, this is another factor for, do I put it on my top ten, is yeah. um, it's lost steam by now. It yes. didn't need to be six episodes, did it? No, for, it would have been a perfect four episodes. Two episodes in the Arctic, two episodes at Chase's yes, place. Yes, good point. Cut out all the running about in the grounds, and yeah. it would have been perfect. But, but yeah, we get a very long recap, always a sign of an underrunning episode. And the air unit turn up with this laser gun, which does nothing. They say it does nothing, yeah. but it does make it go away, though. Yeah, it sort of it wanders off in. in it's more disillusioned than uh, injured, I think. Um, and then we get a lovely close-up of Major Beresford's teeth again. <laughs> yes. Like, oh dear. Um, and then Chase kills poor old Henderson, Sergeant Henderson. Puts him in the uh, fertilizer. Yeah, 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 through the compost machine. It's blatant what he's done. Yeah. He's composited him. Yep. We yeah. um, we also, this episode does feature something that is, is got rep- Doctor Who's got a reputation for, but doesn't happen very often. The corridors and door frames wobble. Oh, my God. There's one bit where yep. Tom pulls the door <laughs> shut and the whole yeah. wall wobbles. Yeah. It's just, it's just terrible. Um, Scorby does a runner. Um, Why? Why does up, he go out? I don't know. I, I, up till now, he's been o- operating in a really good, realistic way. And he just decides at the last minute, I'm going to leg it. And then goes through this water lily pond and gets killed by uh, a piece of netting. Yes. Um, not the best death for such a good character. Old John didn't want to do that. He said it's too mind. dangerous. And uh, they bribed him um, with a bottle of brandy and a hot bath. Oh. Yeah, because well, yeah, because he gets covered up with that net and then pushed under. I mean, yeah. so many things could go wrong. Yeah, but um, yeah, the it's now turned basically into the Quatermass experiment, hasn't it? More than a thing. 
Yeah. Because we've got this big creature. Big blobby thing yeah. over the mansion. Sarah it's goes off to... It's seed, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's got to be stopped before yeah, yeah. it germinates. Sarah goes off to find Henderson um, and is told by Chase that he's out in the garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Helping. <laughs> yeah. He's finally being helpful in the garden. Yeah. Um, he's turned into a Bond villain at this point, hasn't he, old uh, Chase? Yeah. Um, he's very good. He, uh, if he's a Bond he, villain, he's a Roger Moore Bond villain. Oh, yes, yeah, 100%. You could see him in one of Roger Moore's... Uh, He's got that twinkle, hasn't yeah. he? That Roger Moore oh, had as well. Just, um, <laughs> and yeah, he's gonna he's gonna compost Sarah. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Doctor intervenes as a little fight with Chase. It's not really a fair fight, is it? I imagine a Doctor would just pummel mm. this poor effete guy, um, and uh, poor Chase gets composted himself. In the it's original, probably the way he would have wanted to go. Yeah. Be at one with the plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the original script, the doctor actually pushes him in. Really. Um, and you hear bones cracking, and you oh. see blood on the blades. See, I, I've got in my notes. Um, there's no blood, and it that really diminishes this scene. Mm. I know it's you know you'd be pushing it, and the BBC would get in trouble. But it's like you've just made the thing that this crushes a human body, and yet it does it with no blood whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't said we've had stock air, uh, stock, stock footage of uh, phantom jets flying yes, around, yeah. and they've, yeah, got they've to called get out. in an airstrike, haven't they? Yeah, the, yeah, like the they did in the bit. one with yeah. um, Eldrad. You know, yeah. we've we, we got stock footage of uh, British planes. It they, must have been super easy to to whistle up the RAF in uh, the Doctor Who's seventies and eighties world. Must yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. phone call. Can you bomb this house? Yeah, all right. <laughs> A stately home. Yeah, why not? You know. I don't like how they get out because they've got to get yeah. out before the airstrike and, um, you know, th- there's all the vines outside the door yep. and there just happens to be some pipes. Yeah, some some dodgy steam pipes that they can then use to do it. The trouble is as well, the, when they push put the steam on the plants, it does nothing, of course, because no. it's just CO2. Um, so they then go, quick, get out, and the plants haven't moved. So mm. what did that do? But right. I do, yeah, the, the, it's so contrived where the doctor goes, this is steam. Steam. steam powered, yeah. <laughs> and that's pretty much how it ends. I mean, yeah, the house the, blows up. Nice yep. effect. Yeah, uh, nice effect. The crinoid goes boom, boom. We do get, weirdly, uh, uh, an end scene, don't we? Which we don't don't normally get. They go back to the um, the minister. Sir Colin. Sir Colin. Who is, of course, yeah. you know, uh, the governor from Porridge. Yes. Isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, he, um, and he, he, we get a nice little wrapping up, and then of course we get that weird, weird scene that shows that they had forgotten that they didn't travel to the Arctic in the TARDIS, mm. and the, the, the Doctor's taken Sarah to some Casopia, yeah, yeah, some basically like John Pertwee used to do, um, but unfortunately the coordinates are still set for the Arctic from Episode One. Yes. Um, and now the amount of fan bending to get this to fit so that it's not a continuity error is astonishing. Like things where they go, well, the Doctor was had set the coordinates, but then they would off they were offered the plane ride. So it's like, no, they just you know they'd forgotten. Mm. But uh, yeah, and and that's that's the end of a cracking tale. It is, isn't it? Yeah, I I, I really mm. did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, behind the scenes, 
I've got that this is the last story to use the... I can't say it. You would know how to say it. Brachaki police box prop. Oh, oh God. Peter Brachaki. Brachaki like police yeah. box prop. As it finally it was, it was on out. its last legs, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it, is, is it a myth that it fell apart while, you know, Liz Sladen was inside it? I don't know. I mean, again, it's one of those convention tales that that got more and more as it was told. So I don't... I, it might have done something like that, but by the end of it, it basically almost killed her when she was in it and collapsed mm. on her and they had to rush to her rescue. Like, mm, did it, though? Mm. I can imagine a bit fell off and hit her or something. Or, yeah, yeah, a tiny little know. bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was the final major appearance of Unit until Battlefield in yeah. 1989. Bit of a wimpy end for them. Yes, yeah. They didn't need to be Unit. They could have just been the British Army or something. If you can't get the Brigadier, don't do it. Well, they were talking about a Brigadier and Benton back for episode yeah. six, but uh, it, it didn't. Re- there wasn't enough material to warrant no. it. They, they, they thought. Well, if if it was literally a uh, a Tipex job to, you know, to wipe out the name Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart and put in uh, Major Henderson or whatever, then yeah, I can I can see Nick Courtney going, not worth it. Yeah. I got it wrong. It wasn't Douglas Camfield who didn't like Amelia Ducat. Oh, right. It was Philip Hinchcliffe. Now, that I can see, because Philip Hinchcliffe was very protective of silliness. Ironic, given what happened when he left. Mm, yeah. But, yeah, he was very much, don't don't put silly things in just for the sake of silliness. So, no, that makes a lot more sense that he wouldn't have liked that. Yeah, and apparently when he novelised the script... He largely removed the character, and that didn't go yeah. down well with the fans. Oh, right. It's, a, it's been a while. I remember um, reading it years and years and years ago and really enjoying it. It's been a while since I've read it. Perhaps I need to dig it out. Hmm. Yes. Um, I've got some quotes from that little Doctor's Effects book. Yep. About the, the effects of this. The first one is from, who are you, sir? Charlie Lum, one of the effects guys. Right. He says, um, I assisted with the model filming of the crinoid enveloping the mansion house. I always enjoyed working with Richard Conway. He was the only person in the department who consistently knew what he wanted and how to achieve it. John Brace and I made the crinoid pod, which opened and released the plant shoots. To operate the thing, we were hidden beneath the table the pod rested on. The sequence looked incredibly good on screen and we were all very pleased with it. There were so many effects and props to create for this story that we were all exhausted when the studio sessions finally finished in December 1975. When I eventually got home, I remember being so tired I couldn't even wire up the lights on our Christmas tree. (laughs) All right, so that's from Charlie. And then I have another quote from Richard Conway, who was just mentioned. Richard Conway, of course, um, got his... uh, is uh, effects experience working uh, with Century 21 with the, on the Jerry yeah, Anderson right. shows. So here he says, um, blah, 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 where are we? Um, I was made an acting temporary designer in 1975 and I designed my first Doctor Who story quite soon afterwards. The producer back then was Philip Hinchcliffe. The producer back then was Philip Hinchcliffe Cliff, and I attended a pre-production meeting with all the heads of the department to discuss the show's requirements. I was asked if I could guarantee realistic model work of the Arctic base and the final stage crinoid, because so much of the story's believability would rest on these elements. 
Given the budget and the time available, I think the team did very well. George Reed, Reed built the model house to my specification and Steve Drewitt added the model crinoid. The other assistant on the show was John Brace. For the blowing up of the Arctic base, I've, I, I'd have made use of the techniques I learnt from Derek Meddings on Thunderbirds, although the time and budget we had on Doctor Who was tiny by comparison. I designed the Arctic base with little lights and a revolving antennae for measuring wind speed. Small details like this helped to make a static model come alive. And he's right, isn't he? Yeah, no, the, the, the base model is very nice. I mean, it's obviously a model, but yeah, it does look good. Yeah, he says, I pre-booked a day in the studio and prepared all the models to that deadline. On the day, we mounted the model on a large tabletop and used ordinary salt to simulate the snow. I then worked through the list of requirements, which included an establishing shot, the helicopter arriving, a night shot, etc. You'd have planned these out to the la- to, out to the best of your ability, then just do do take after take until you either run out of film or run out of time. The destruction of the base was a different matter altogether, as we'd only have one chance to get it right. The explosion itself was a series of charges, choreographed to run from the side and rear of the model towards the front and centre. Camera-wise, we shot as low as we could to to give the impression of a human eye view. The 16mm camera shot at 120 frames per second compared to the normal 24 frames per second. This gave us five times as much film, which was then shown at normal speed. So the one second of real time it takes to destroy the model in the studio is extended to five seconds on transmission. Okay. Classic way of... uh making things look bigger yeah yep. and then he says parts of the sequence where the crinoid pod opens were shot in reverse we recorded the closed pod as it started to crack open normally and and then did the scenes of the growth attaching to a human's arm as reversal shots in reality it was already on the arm we then pulled the tentacle off the actor and back down into the pod okay he said um the latex tentacles were connected to air rams. Oh no, that's another bit. When he's talking about um, the the that the odd effect of you know when the tentacle comes out and attaches yeah. to the arm, he says none of the filming was stop motion animation. It may have appeared so due to odd sequences being sped up and slowed down at the editing stage, but then it's got nothing to do with me. And it is a bit jerky, isn't it? it when is, that happens, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I, you can tell it's not stop motion, but yeah, it is weirdly weirdly uh, paced yeah yeah and then a last thing from steve drew it about the um the house blowing up he says uh, working from photographs i made a model of the mansion house out of plaster cast in each section several times from individual molds copies were made of each section so that the house could be destroyed and repaired several times during the filming the model crinoids tentacles had wire running through them which i operated from inside the creature the smaller tentacles on top of the monster were connected to a compressed air feed so that they thrashed about wildly. Richard was very aware of how bad lighting and bad camera work could immediately negate all the hard work that went into a model. So he worked a day's filming at Ealing Studios into our schedule to ensure the crinoid was filmed correctly. All right. Very good. And that's all that. That's all the behind the scenes. So, here we go. We will now talk about the designs of things and the effectiveness yes. of things and we're going to put them into a camp aren't we we're going to put them in a caravan camp yes. so what i thought we'll do camp. we'll go big downwards 
So okay, yep. let's start off with the big crinoid, the design of the bloody great big one that's towering in a very, as you say, quite a mass way over the top of the building. So this is the the model crinoid, not the no, tent. not not the tent in the it, not the tent in the forest. Okay, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's quite a, a good design. Um, again, very very quite a massy. Um, it, it moves quite well. The model's quite nice as well. The, the the house model looks good. It does. I mean, you no one watching it would ever think that's a big creature, though. No. It, it you know it's yeah it's obviously a miniature. But yeah, I I do like the design of that. So I'm going to give that I'm going to give that a seven and a half. Seven and a half. I gave it a seven. Yep. So that's seven point two five. All right. And how effective is this model work of the big beastie? Um. This, it's it's well done, and it sounds like they put a lot of effort into it. But there is something about it, like say, Anne was cracking up at it. She thought it was very silly. Almost, she was saying it was like something from the goodies, and I can sort of see yeah, that. Yeah, there's a bit the of goodiness there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna be too cool to it. I'm gonna drop it down to seven. Yeah. For effectiveness. My, my mine is seven. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it, there is something. I, I think maybe it is just because it's miniature work. There, yeah. there is something up with it, isn't there? Yeah, the, the BBC were never quite on par with Anderson for miniature buildings and miniature work, were they? No. Um, it could again, it could just be like say that, like he said, time and budget. Yes. You know? Yeah, might be that. So that's seven point one for the big crinoid. Yeah. So we'll drop down to the forest crinoid. This tent in a wood. Yeah, this is because you're so used to just seeing the stills of this. Yeah, and in a still, it it looks all right, but design-wise, again, I'd love to see it if they're saying it was long and thin. Who <laughs> were um, the the problem I've got when we come to execution is also in the design, which is. Who thought of putting those weirdly phallic yeah. danglies on it? Um, so design for this, I'm going to drop down to a to a six. I'm at six as well. Yeah. All right. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not as phallic as the creature from the pit. No, no. But there's something. It's the, it's the jiggliness when it moves, and it does move like four people inside have hitched it up. Yeah. And are trying to keep pace with each other. Um, so the effectiveness is filmed quite nicely because it's dark. But where, uh, that episode end when it, it moves towards the camera yeah. is a little bit comedic. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop to, no actually I'm gonna keep it a six. I'm gonna keep it a six for effectiveness as well. Yes, yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. So that's a six. They remind it reminds me a, a bit of the the way it shambles along like the uh, the bringers of wonder from Space 1999. Yes, very We've got the big so, blobs yeah. shuffling along. Yep. Yes. All right, the uh, the green axon then, the human crinoid. Um, Design-wise, I can't... Re- I mean, how do we score it? Because they didn't actually design it. No. Um, they painted it green. Um, I, I can't remember what we gave the original. No, I'm, I'm looking on our list, yeah. and I can't see him at the moment. Okay, um... We might have to re rechange this design if we if this is different to what we gave it before. Oh, I found it. Axon oh, Monster um, is a seven. That was a seven. final tally of a seven. The Axon Monster. Okay, I wonder what we gave for design now. Okay, well, okay, I'm gonna 
I think that I think the design is better than the uh, than the 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 tent version. So I'm yeah, I'll go with seven for design. Yeah, mine mine seven, seven, and I've got a seven yeah. for effectiveness. I've just yeah. done seven seven. I I agree. I think I'll stick with seven on that. Um, because it where it's effective in certain shots, but then when it's when it's chasing the doctor around the shed, <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> okay. <laughs> They all, right. all and we, it sounds like we're being harsh. They all do the job very well. Yeah, but we're we're having to look at them in isolation for yeah. this as well. Right. So that's a straight seven then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's point one less than the big. Yes. Crinoid. Um, and then Scorby then. Scorby. The design um, of Scorby with his turtleneck and his uh, goatee. His haircut as well. Oh, that um, is yeah. I'm just going to bring up a photo just to remind me, Scorby. Seeds of team. I've got a nice signed photo somewhere from this story here by uh, John. What's his name? John Chalice. Um, not many people can get away with um, a fringe with a suit. like that. Yeah, a fringe <laughs> like that because uh, it looks like um, a medieval haircut, doesn't mm. it? You know, like a like Iron Gron and that would have. Um, and he's yeah. Not many people can can match a. A suit jacket with a polo neck. <laughs> it doesn't. I. I think that's a terrible thing. Um, so design-wise, I'm gonna. I'm gonna give him a six. I've given him a six. Yep. Okay. But now, how effective is Scorby? This is where it goes up a tad, yours, isn't it? Yeah. Because <laughs> I. I don't mind that it's Boise. Because I think he does such a good enough job as an actor to differentiate differentiate himself, and it's such a nice part. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go up to an eight. I went higher than you. Did you? Oh, right. I gave him an eight and a half. Oh, go on then. I'll match him eight and a half. All right. Yep. I thought I thought you would score him quite low. No, no, no. It's a distraction that that's boosty, ah, right. but but it, it's still a, a, a really good performance. Yes, great performance. It truly is one of the best henchmen. Okay. Well, that gives him a final of seven point two five. So he is the highest scorer tonight. But okay. now we've got Harrison Chase. Uh, Harrison Chase, design-wise, so that suit, that suit, and glo- and I love this. The fact that he wears gloves throughout, is and only brilliant. changes his tie. <laughs> yeah, and just changes that. And that, he's got such huge collars. He is screaming seventies, but I, I think the design is great. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him a, an eight for design. That's what I've given him. We're, yep. we're, 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 um, we're very like we're, we're matching quite yeah. a bit this time. So yeah. But now, how effective is Harrison Chase? Uh, I'm like you. I'm a unabashedly love him. Ten. Yep, me ten too. Me. <laughs> All right, so that's a, an eight for he design. Is, he is by far the best, con- the best thing overall in this serial. There's a couple of places where Tom is t- truly great. Yes, you can see why the Fourth Doctor is beloved. And like I say, this was this was my Fourth Doctor growing up. Um, but he's not. There's certain bits in it where he's not. He's no. Tom being silly. I tell you what, yeah. shall we do a Patreon special on our top five Tom Baker stories? Or oh, something that would be like, good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Perhaps. We, yeah. Perhaps we could do the top three of each Doctor story. Yeah. Yeah. That takes some and, thinking. Yeah, it would. And also, we'd have to match our our top ten list. Although, yeah, perhaps perhaps that's what we do then. Top. Let us know, listener, if you want to hear it. But top three. 
Doctor performances per Doctor, because that's not necessarily our favourite episodes or favourite no, shows. No, but them, you can have a Duff their story performance. Great. Yeah. Yes. That'd yeah. be good. Yeah, we'd do that. As yeah, let us know. Let us yeah. know. All right, so that's an eight for design, ten for effectiveness, gives him a nine. So, okay. yeah, I could have predicted that he would come out top tonight. Yeah, he deserves it. So, all right, so let's go to the holiday camp. All right, so we'll... We'll put them in their caravans from the lowest upwards. Okay. So lowest tonight is the uh, the walk-in tent, all right, oh the dear. forest crinoid, well, which was ideally, a Ideally, we should put the caravan in under that awning, under the tent. <laughs> yeah. That would make more we sense. We could do that, yeah. because otherwise it's a bloody big caravan to put that it's, in yeah. there. It's going to be a bit cramped. Well, there's a lot in there as well, because <laughs> um, not only do you have that, you've got Jacini in there, okay. you've got Drashigs in there, You've got the larvae gun, yep. you know, from William Hartnell's thought. <laughs> pa Clanton, I don't know what he's oh, going to make of all him. this. Uh, a regular Dalek from Day of the Daleks. Right. And the cyber controller from Attack of the Cybermen. Wow. That is a very uh, eclectic mix, isn't it? In there? That is indeed. Um, then we have the next one up from that with a seven is the human uh, crinoid. Okay. The, if the he goes in with axon. the axon. He does go in with the axon. Oh, we, we we gave him a straight seven. Yeah. That's where the the so, axon is. So the cousins can stay together. Yes, yeah, and oh, uh, they will be serving drinks or noodles or whatever you know, to the following: uh, Tim Shaw, Sontaran Strax, yeah. Solomon Bostock, Tomb of the Cybermen, Cybermen Packer, Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill and the faceless ones are all at number seven. That's not a bad caravan, really. No, no. So we're getting a bit busy. Um, Scorby, though, is going in a caravan which is quite uh, empty. Good, because he'll probably boss people about. Yeah, there's only four other people in there. Would he boss any of these around? Uh, The chase version of the Daleks, uh, he could try bossing them around. He's not going to get anywhere. They'll just kill him. yeah. Yeah. We've got the evil of the Daleks, Daleks. Yeah. We've got Khalid. Oh, yeah, the uh, the master. The strange master be, voice, yeah. yeah. And clockwork soldiers. Fair well, enough. he's a mercenary. He's, ex-soldier. Yeah, he's like an ex-soldier. He'll like them. I was hoping he, that the monoids... Uh, not the monoids. The, yeah, the monoids would be in there. You know, from um, the Ark. Yeah. Because they've got the same haircut as him. <laughs> And then, yeah, Harrison Chase. Then he's yeah. in a uh, a caravan with only three occupants. All oh, right. So who who will he be having a a small sherry with of an evening? Um, the death to the Daleks, Daleks. Okay, fair enough. Oh, get this, Tobias Vaughan. Oh, he, they would get on well, I think. There's a match, but yeah. how would he get on with Orsini? Oh, that's an interesting one as well. I mean, Orsini would just hire him, wouldn't he, as a squire? Yeah. Yeah, but, wow. That's interesting that three great performances, great actors... And a Dalek. And a Dalek. <laughs> and weirdly, William Gorn, of course, was ended up being a uh, known for sitcoms. Yeah. Dodgy sitcoms. Boise ended up good point known for sitcoms did um tony whatever did, yeah did vaughn do it oh tobias vaughn tobias vaughn no did he? he didn't well the face like that that's true yeah hmm you can imagine him as the uh the evil neighbor in uh 
uh, in bless this house. <laughs> so. yeah. All right, so that's that. Um, All right. Is this story good enough to put on your top ten? Uh, I think my top ten is quite full. What's my What's my lowest? Your number ten is the Curse of Peladon. What's after that? Web of Fear is number nine. No, I can't. I can't. It, if this was four episodes, I think it would it would definitely knock off the Curse of Peladon. But it's it, even watching it this time, I judiciously use the fast forward in all yeah. the chase sequences. Just yeah. too much of it. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Um, yeah, it's too yeah. long. It's yeah. too long. So it's not. So. It wouldn't be. It'd probably be in my top twenty. But it's yeah. It's it's up against too stiff competition. Yeah. Yeah, top 10. I agree. So, yeah, it's not going on mine either. Okay, we are one hour 10 in, so we're nearly done. Uh, all we've got to do is announce the next one, and uh, it's yours, isn't it's it? It's me, yeah. It's uh, Peter Davison. We haven't got a lot left, but I thought it would make sense because we did um, Kinder so recently. Let's do Snake Dance. Snake Dance. Yeah, right. which I don't... Th- have you seen? I don't think you've I seen it. I haven't seen it, and now... Thankfully, normally I'll be tapping away on Amazon in a minute yeah. to order it, but now through the magic of BBC iPlayer and every story yes, being true. on there, I don't need to. No. So, uh, and this is interesting because this is another one where you've got multiple actors in this that ended up being renowned for slightly awful sitcoms. Yes. Yes. So yeah, it'd, it'd be an interesting one. This. Um, because, yeah, you, you weren't overly fussed with Kinder. No, I wasn't. No. no. It'll be interesting to see whether this goes up in your I didn't. I didn't realise that the story continued in Snake Dance. Yeah. Very loosely. But... All right. Well, we're going to yeah. do that. So join us in a week for that, because it yep. will be a week, hopefully, barring any trouble. Yes. But also what uh, I thought we could do, because as of recording, this is Wednesday, this yes. Saturday... Is the start of the anniversary oh, stories, right. is that isn't it? Yeah, twenty third. So I thought at the end of talking about Snake Dance, we could give our initial first thoughts on the Star Beast story, yeah. which is out on yeah. Saturday. I think we can do. What that. do you think? Yeah, because um, I'll be I'll be watching it. To be honest, I'd forgotten. I mean, it shows <laughs> it shows my current level of um, jet lag. Yeah, well, no, I don't even think it's jet lag. I just can't be asked with new who. No. I've not watched that Children in Need rubbish i want to know what you hear about uh, think about that okay i'll I'll try and watch it um but i'm not i've not really got any i want to see what they do with um the story yeah but i don't know i've got no enthusiasm for david tennant mugging it about a bit and my my worry is that i i read evidently the press have seen it now and they're describing it as a very whimsical story oh and Russell T. Davis and Whimsy just. Oh, you wait really to see the children in need. Really? Oh, oh you're not going to like it. Oh, after you've said that, oh dear. Oh dear. Oh mm. dear. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, we'll. Um, I'll, I'll make some notes while I'm watching it. Yeah, maybe um, we should vote on the Star Beast uh, yeah, adversaries point, as yeah. well. You know. Yeah. Well, it's maybe a Margley, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we could do that. Because uh, um, I'm more looking forward. I've put it on the record already. I haven't put I haven't put onto Sky to record for the the real episode, but I have put on for the colorization and, yes. and uh, edited version of the Daleks. I, I'm interested yeah, I'm to see what they to do. That. With that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I must. I'll have to go down and I'll have to go down and put Doctor onto bloody record. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it, hopefully, as I say, um, you know, barring any. Uh, untoward things we'll be back in a week sorry for yep. the delay it has been a while um on all our shows but uh, yes. we're back now and we're, we're back, getting back yeah. into the uh, back into the routine all right yeah we're back in the swing of things we'll okay all right all right well you have to see you in a stuff. week then all right nice thanks ian thanks listener thanks, ian. right bye-bye bye, bye.